there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. So we've been looking at turning prophetic proclamations into, into a reality. Amen. And if you're not there, please make sure that you go and listen to what I shared. But I'll just do a very quick recap. And we realize that prophecy will never benefit your life just because it is spoken. It has to be activated. It has to be fulfilled for it to actually benefit uh, your life. And one of the ways we discovered that prophecy comes to us is through the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. Say it again, the word of God. We see that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, that we have a more sure word of prophecy. And the prophecy of the scripture, you know, is mentioned in this verse. So the word of God is prophecy to you. The word of God is prophetic proclamation over your life. If you believe the word of God, what God has said in his word will come to pass in your life. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen? And I remember I told you that when you read the word of God, don't just read it as, um, as any other book or as a newspaper. I want you to know that that is prophecy that God has spoken over your life. So if the word of God talks about your finances, there is a prophecy concerning your finances. If it talks about your health, there is prophecy about your health. If it talks about marriage, you know, that is prophecy over your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. In fact, this week, two, two people came to me and told me that they have found their beloved. And I was very happy because I asked, you, saw, you see, the second question is, who? And then they mentioned who? Uh, I was more excited. So weddings are around the corner. Something good is about to happen. Receive your prophetic word as well in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I believe it. And it will work for me. I'm telling you, we are not blowing hot air. We are pro proclaiming the very life of God over our lives. Amen? Yeah, I got a, a, another testimony of somebody who has been promoted. Yeah. It's, it's, prophecy is working. So tell your neighbor, you are next to testify of the fulfillment of prophecy over your life. I prophesy over somebody here that this year is your year of the manifestation of the word of God over your life. Can I get a thunderous amen in this house? So secondly, how does prophecy come to you? I've already started preaching. It is through a true prophet. Prophecy comes to your life through a true prophet or a genuine prophet. A genuine prophet is one who receives a message from God and communicates it to the people. Why do we need to receive prophecy from a genuine prophet? Is because we have a lot of 
false prophets roaming around and taking advantage of gullible Christians. We have a lot of people who call themselves prophets, but God does not send them. Take time and read about false prophets in the book of Jeremiah, where God even says they prophesy towards to people or to my people, but I have not sent them. They tell people, I have a dream. They tell people, I have a vision for you. They tell people, I have a prophetic proclamation over your life. But God himself says about them that I have not sent them. So they ran without a message. And so they deceive all those who are gullible. Now, Jesus also talks about or talked about false prophets in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 15. And Jesus said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. I'll read that scripture again. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15 that beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, the Bible describes, or this verse describes three things about false prophets. And I'm going to give them to you even as I build my case tonight. The first thing from this verse is their nature. Somebody say their nature. Jesus called them false. They are false prophets. False simply means intentionally untrue or inaccurate. They thrive on lies. They operate with lies. Their work is to deceive. And sometimes they don't just deceive gullible Christians, but they also deceive the elect. They deceive those who follow Jesus Christ genuinely. What do they do? They twist the truth. They blur the truth. They manipulate the truth. And they cross the lines, so that what was black and white starts to appear gray and ultimately it's harder to recognize what is true or what is false or what is light and what is darkness. You see, if you're not very careful as a believer, you're going to become a victim of false prophets because they are their nature, their very nature is to deceive. They want to deceive you. They will tell you what you want to hear because they know what you want. But their ultimate goal is to deceive you. You see, there are believers who are addicted to spookiness. I'm sure you have met such believers. They are addicted to spookiness. They are always seeing visions and they are always seeing dreams. They are seeing dreams where dreams are not even there. When they eat, they see a vision in Ugali. <laughs> when they go shopping, they see visions on the price tags. They are always seeing things. They are always seeing things, spirits, angels. They are very, very spooky. They see dreams. They see visions. They are looking out for prophecies in everything. And so such Christians become victims of false prophets because they will come with false dreams. They will approach them with false dreams. They will approach them with false prophecies. They will come, with, come up with false interpretations of some of the dreams they claim to have. 
Because there are people, one of the things I've realized as a pastor, you know, which is a challenge, is for people to tell you that I had this dream, interpret it for me. Pastor, this is what I dreamt. Please interpret it for me. Tell me what God is saying. You see, I was not there when you were dreaming. So I'm not even sure if it is from the Lord or it's not from the Lord. And if it is from the Lord, God can never leave you confused. The Bible says he's not the author of confusion. Why are you confused if the dream is from God? You're not talking to me, but I'm preaching to you. And so you put pressure on a man of God who was not there when you're dreaming. Maybe your dream is because of the size of Ugali you ate. Because the Bible says some dreams come because of multitude of businesses. What you are involved in, you can find yourself dreaming. Then you force this poor man of God to interpret it. And so because he wants to sound spiritual, he manufactures an interpretation. <laughs> and if he's a genuine man like me, he will tell you no. And when he tells you no, you are offended. And you think he's not anointed. And so you go and look for a false prophet. Who begins to give you a false interpretation of the dream that you had. And that dream is not even from the Lord. And because you are spooky, you believe everything that the false prophet will tell you. I will not interpret all your dreams. If you dream anything, go back to the one who gave you the dream. Because my mentor is Jesus. I don't see him interpreting people's dreams. You want to tell me that people were not dreaming when Jesus was here? Were they not dreaming? Others were dreaming lions are chasing them. Others were dreaming hyena is in the bedroom. But I don't see Jesus sitting down to interpret dreams. But we love people who can interpret our dreams. And we become victims of false prophets. And they will start telling you, you see the dream that you saw. I also saw it. Thank God you have come. This is an interpretation. Then you find yourself in a mess. In a terrible mess. Because you have fall, fallen into the hands of a false prophet. Tell your neighbor, stop being spooky. Live in a real world. Hallelujah. I say live in a real world. Live in a real world. We are in a real world. One of the things that have made me survive in ministry is to be real. I am very real. Even my messages are very real. They are very practical. Because I know you are still here. People think deep is to go somewhere, I, I know, to go, how can I explain it? It's like to go in another planet and try and talk about the mysteries of that planet. Look, we are not in that planet. We are here. Why 
Why should I struggle to go to another planet? Me, I'll talk about what is here on earth. Because that's where we live. That's where we spend all our time in. And there are things you just need to use your five senses. You have a nose. Sniff it. If the food is rotten, don't say the demon is in the food. The food is rotten. Throw it away. Cook fresh food. Eat it. Go and sleep. You have eyes. You can see. You have ears. You can hear. Tell your neighbor one more time. Stop being spooky. Very many spooky Christians in the church. Everything. We want the spiritual meaning. Everything. We want the spiritual meaning. We want the spiritual meaning. How comes pastor is always wearing black suits? There must be a meaning behind it. Ladies, it's just a black suit. It's the color I like. Why is the deco black? It's just a color. Spooky. Very spooky. Everything. You're seeing something. You're seeing something. Did you see? When we were praying, a bird came to the church. Something is going to happen. <laughs> we have planted trees in the church compound. Trees attract birds. Tell your neighbor, we live in a real world. Real world. Stop being spooky. Relax. When I was going to work, I saw a black cat. I'm calling my boss to tell my boss I'm not going to work. I'm sick. Go to work. The cat was simply crossing the road. This side, you're very quiet. What's, what's going on? for me one more time. Don't, speak. Don't be spooky. Don't be spooky. Relax. Live in a real world. Because <laughs> huh? if we become spooky, look, we are even entering an electioneering period. Prophecies are going to arise. Have they started? I haven't heard them. Sit on the screen. Watch the results. Simple. Whoever wins, if it's not your candidate, just wipe your tears and say, I accept. I move on. Life will never stop. You don't say, oh, according to the prophecy. How sure are you you are correct? How sure are you you are correct? Because sometimes you prophesy depending on your inclination, your preference. You love a particular candidate so much until you start dreaming. I'm preaching in this house. You even have a dream that he is being sworn in. Look, that dream is because of your desire. God is not in it. 
Why is the church very quiet when I go that direction? <laughs> False nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus said they are false prophets. Can we go deeper? I've got a lot of ground to cover. B is their appearance. Jesus talks about their appearance. They appear in sheep's clothing. They have infiltrated the church. Remember, we are still on Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. They have infiltrated the church and look like the sheep. They speak church language. They even quote scriptures. They pray. They speak in tongues. They look churchy. But God is not in them. It is just a facade. It's just a, an outward display of who they are not. Inside they are something else. So they are just wearing something that makes them fit within the church circles and authenticate their message, but they are not actually truthful. You know, one day, I saw a comedian in this country, and I know him very well. He, he applied makeup on his face and put lipstick, bought a wig, bought a dress. He extended his eyelashes, bought a dress, wore the dress, bought high heels, changed his walking style. And when I looked at him, he really looked like a lady. But he was not a lady. He, the way he was dressed, he looked like a lady. He, even, he, he was even talking like a lady. You know the way ladies talk and they break their hand? If I see a man breaking their hand, I run away. <laughs> I'll ask the man, is your hand okay? <laughs> Do you need to see an orthopedic surgeon? I mean, he behaved like a, a lady the way he was talking. You know, you know how ladies talk? You know? The way his eyes were moving. You know how ladies talk? You guys don't know how ladies talk. He even changed his voice. Speaking in a soprano voice. But he looked like a lady, but he was not a lady. He was wearing feminine features. But inside he was not a lady. He was not a female. He was a man. And that's how false prophets appear to us. They have this clothing. This is the way they package themselves. False prophets know how to package themselves more than true prophets. And I'll prove to you from the Bible. When you look at a true prophet like John, there was nothing about him that was desirable. He didn't look like the part or like the office. Look at even his diet. Look at his dressing. He didn't look glamorous. But false prophets are glamorous. Why are they glamorous? It's because they want you to buy into them before you buy into their message. That's why they dress sharp. White suits. Crocodile shoes. Powerful colognes. And they cook their hair. When you look at them, you are finished. 
Even before they speak, they say, a man of God is before me. Can I go a little bit deeper? All the boys that appeared before Samuel, he thought they are the ones that God had anointed because they were packaged as a king. But David, the genuine king, he didn't look like the office. That's why don't be moved with these briefcases, cooked hair, uh, branded handkerchiefs. What else do they have? Oh Lord, I think I should brand a handkerchief or something. Or face towel or something. Shoes, whatever. Don't be, don't be deceived with those things. Sometimes it's just a facade. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are we together? But those are the things that we are attracted to, isn't it? Wow, look at the car he's driving. It's a black car. Look at the anointing coming out of the car. The, the anointing is moving already. Out of the car now. Yeah? Even the, the media people are following the prophet in the car. It's coming out of the car. Hey! Before he even opens his mouth, you already believe everything he's going to say. I'm not saying even the genuine ones don't know how to dress, but I'm telling you, don't be fooled by dressing. If Jesus said it, then he knows what he's talking about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, don't be fooled. They have the look, but they don't actually occupy the office. Amen. Sometimes they dress even like the sheep. They will come and blend in and become like the sheep. They'll be so nice to you. And you say, oh, this person understands me more than the pastor. He's in touch with my feelings and what I'm going through. He's in touch with what I'm being faced with. That's why some of them are even more dear. They, are, they become like your darling. It's quiet, but I'll, I'll preach. I'll, I'll not be intimidated by your silence. They, they, they try to show they love you more than your pastor. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the dressing. Yeah, it's the, your pastor has never sent you a message on your birthday. But the prophet with a white suit and crocodile shoes remembers your birthday every year and sends you a gift from Senegal. And some of them even come and visit you. Yeah. When there is something that has happened to you, they travel all the way and come and visit you. Yeah. And the pastor is in Nairobi, Kenya. He does not come. He sends, he sends Pastor Renson or the junior pastors. Pastor Renson, Pastor Tina, the ones who were appointed recently. The anointing is not quite... <laughs> or if all the pastors have gone on other missions he sends you as a group leader a C, a C group shepherd to come even the C group shepherd comes with the jeans 
And the prophet has traveled all the way with a branded towel with an anointing oil from Israel. <laughs> Jesus said they come packaged. Yeah, false point. They come packaged. Yeah, to make you believe that they are genuine, but they are not. Don't be moved by suits. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Don't be moved. Look, me as your pastor, I can dress. Please, don't, don't, don't provoke me. I'm a man of class. I'm a man of excellence. I can really dress if I want. But sometimes I don't want you to be fooled by the dressing. Yeah? But I can dress. Yes, I can. I know how to match a tie and a shirt, a belt, shoes. I know, I know. And I know my colors. Yeah? So the suit will not fool you. It's the content. It's the content. Someone say the content, the content, the content. Yeah. It's the content. It's what the man carries. So let's go. Can we go deeper or you guys? Number three. Jesus talks about their ultimate plan. These false prophets. Their ultimate plan is to take advantage of the sheep. Jesus calls them ravening wolves. You see, Jesus is depicted as a shepherd protecting his flock from danger or from the enemy. The wolf is a symbol of evil, a threat to those who are Christ's flock. So ravening simply means a ferocious and extremely hungry wild animal hunting for prey. It is ferocious, it is hungry, and it is looking for prey. So their ultimate plan is to make you minced meat. They are after you. They are after your joy, your peace. They are after your money. So a ravenous wolf is, or a false prophet is a ravenous wolf whose ultimate plan is to devour the sheep. They roam around and they look for this man or this woman that they can be able to take advantage of. And because you believe them, they will use prophecies. Prophesy to you. But some of them will tell you, as I was sleeping yesterday, there's something I saw. I can't tell you until you come with a seed. And in, in, in because it is heavy, the seed has to be heavy. Then they ask you, how much do you have in your account? You say, a hundred thousand. Withdraw all of it. And they tell you, by the way, that is just like a quarter of what you're supposed to give. So just withdraw all of it and bring it fast. We see how the prophecy can unfold. Provoke the prophecy. (laughs) 
Their ultimate plan is to swindle you of your money. Some of them even take your property, take your house, take your car. They take everything from you. Please don't get me wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that God cannot touch you to give these things. Sometimes God can touch you genuinely to give these things. But a false prophet will manipulate you to get things out of you. Do you understand? Yeah, he will manipulate you. He's a false prophet. He's, oh, he's a wolf. He's a wolf. He's hungry. He's after you. He will come. Some people have even lost their marriages because of a prophecy. Isn't it? You are a very good person, but the problem is your wife. Can we scatter her? You also say yes. You see, for me as a pastor, I really want your marriage to work. Even if it's a bad marriage, I believe it can work. Yeah, you know you can find yourself in a bad marriage, isn't it? But I believe it can work. And if I can talk to both of you and advise you, it can work. But you'll never see me say, I think you should leave each other. Everybody go, your... no, 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 no. That is your decision. But me, I'll try and make sure that it stays, it works. The person is wicked, but just try. Keep praying. Talk to him. Bring him. Can we talk to him? Can we cancel whatever? Where is the problem? Is it money? Is it love? Is it... Mm -mm. <laughs> hmm? And when it gets to a place where your life is now threatened, that's when I tell you now, what decision do you want to make? Whatever decision you make, I will support you. So false prophets, number one, we see their nature. Number two, we see their appearance. And number three, we see their ultimate you receive a prophecy that plucks you from the church. What kind of a prophecy is that? What kind of a prophecy is that? That somebody comes and tells you, you, you are supposed to be in, you are supposed to be in, uh, you are supposed to be in Madagascar. <laughs> I, I see you in Madagascar, or I see you in Singapore, but the problem is, you are in a bad church. What kind of a prophecy is that? Who determines if a church is bad or not? You are not the owner. It is Jesus who is the owner. You see, I have really grown to a place where I don't criticize churches. I stopped. There are days I used to, oh, this church, what is, oh, I don't, I stopped. Because look, all of us are trying to go to heaven. And I don't own any heaven. You, do you own any? So all of us are trying to go there. So let's just go. Let us go. If we arrive there, we'll be happy. That's the ultimate. Let's go. Whichever means. So long as we arrive, let us go to heaven. 
Because somebody said, when you get to heaven, you'll be surprised. That the people you thought will be there are not there. And the people you thought will never be there, they will be there. And even you yourself, you'll be shocked that you also made it. But let's go to heaven. Let's just go to heaven. I stopped. Pastor John, I stopped. In fact, I've been watching a man in this country that has really been criticized by people and I'm beginning to like what he's doing. Yes. Because all these people cannot be following him. Doctors, professors, Lawyers. Ah? You with your intelligence, who is following you? <laughs> Tell your neighbor, show us your fruit. Show us. Show us. So let us go to so these prophecies, oh, move from this church, oh, go to this church, oh, move from this. Those are not true prophecies. No. No, 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 no. Those are not true. I was telling Pastor Mary the other day, we were having a conversation, and I told her that sometimes how you are raised stays with you so much that it becomes difficult to change some things. When you try to go to another environment, it becomes very difficult for you to survive. It's so strange. So you find yourself going back to how you were raised. PCA. It's true. Or Catholic. Or Methodist. Or Church of God. You know Church of God. You come to a modern church and they, they don't clap their hands. You were raised up clapping your hands. You say, these guys are sinners. Let me go back to a, a church where we clap hands. There is no keyboard. There is no guitar. There is no microphones. People are just clapping their hands. And the Holy Ghost comes down. People are filled with the Holy Ghost. They speak in tongues while they are still clapping their hands. That's what you are used to. Please, let's go to heaven. Tell your neighbor, Tukutane So, it begs the question, do we have true prophets? Absolutely, yes. We do have genuine, authentic prophets who God has called and have a thriving relationship with him. Now, God uses a genuine prophet to reveal his purpose and plan for an individual's life and destiny. For example, he sent Nathan to David to tell him the consequences of his sin. In Isaiah chapter 38, God sent prophet Isaiah to Hezekiah to tell him to put his house in order because he was going to die. Moses, sent, Moses was sent as a prophet to Pharaoh and the message was for him to let God's children go so that they may be able to serve him. In fact, God told Moses to tell 
um, Pharaoh that if he doesn't respond to God's message that his nation was going to go through a very difficult time. In Acts chapter 21, there's a prophet called Agabus who took Paul's belt and tied up his own hands and feet with it. And he said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the honor of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. The purpose of this prophecy was to mentally prepare Paul for what will befall him in Jerusalem. Even though the believers around Paul were trying to resist him from going to Jerusalem, Paul was determined to go there because this prophecy prepared him for what was going to befall him in Jerusalem. Amos chapter 3, we all know this scripture. The Bible says, surely the Lord God will do nothing but reveal his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So that tells you that we have genuine prophets that God can reveal his plan and purpose concerning individuals' lives for them to see and prophets that God can work with and they can be able to break open the seal of your destiny. They can reveal to you mysteries about your life, about where you're coming from, about what is bothering you. And they're not doing this to manipulate you, but they are doing this because they are under the unction of the Holy Spirit. So they are not doing it so they can get something out of you, but they are doing it so they can be able to help you. They can be able to resolve a situation that has been in your life for many years that you are oblivious of. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So he will do nothing, but he will work with his prophets and he will reveal his secrets to his prophets. So there are certain secrets that are hidden from you that only a prophet can break open for you to understand. I feel like preaching in this house. Look at the neighbor, tell them you don't know everything. Oh, you're not talking to your neighbor nicely. Tell them you don't know everything. So that's why God puts a prophet over your life. And this prophet begins to open your eyes to be able to see things that are hidden from you. And that's why you must always be in touch with the man that God has placed over your life. Because look, when it comes to revealing certain things, God will not reveal them to you directly. He will reveal them to your prophet. And as the prophet begins to speak to you, then God will place the witness inside your heart so that you recognize that this is, voice, this is the voice of God speaking to you. That's why the Bible says he will do nothing. God will do nothing. Have you read that verse in Hamos chapter, chapter 3 verse 7? Surely the Lord will do nothing. But he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. May the Lord reveal your secrets to me. Now, when we say secrets, we are not just talking about bad things. Some of you are afraid to say amen because you're like, eh, eh, I cannot say amen to that. Tell your neighbor, it's good things, it's good things. Tell them again, it is good things. 
Yeah, may the Lord reveal your secrets to me. Good things about your destiny. Good things about your future. Good things about your marriage. Shout a louder amen in this house. And I've seen it practically. Somebody will come and tell me, oh, I feel like I need to do this. Then I hear an inner spirit, an inner voice in my spirit telling me they're making a mistake. Yeah, and I tell them, you're making a mistake. Don't do it. It's a secret that has been revealed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because some people think, oh, I think pastor doesn't just want me to prosper. It's not about you prospering. It's about you being okay. It's about you being okay. You can have money and never enjoy it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can be seeing it and you can't enjoy it. Huh? It's like having a woman and you can't enjoy her. She goes to the salon, she makes her hair, she paints her lips. She does all those things, but when you look at her, she looks like a stone. She tells you, ta-da, nothing. <laughs> Some of you don't know what ta-da is. Explain it to your neighbor, they didn't understand what I said. Oh, Meshach is now getting it. Pastor Meshach is now getting it. <laughs> Pastor Zev, did you get it? Oh, you are growing, you are growing, you are growing. Beautiful. <laughs> we want you to be okay. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And add. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, we are not against your prosperity. We want you to be well. We want you to be okay. And sometimes God can tell you something that you tell someone and they get offended. I have told people some things and they have even left this church because they were offended. They didn't like what I said. But it was the truth. It was a secret revealed to me concerning the decision they are going to make. And it was a wrong decision. And I advised them against that decision. And they got mad. The Lord will do nothing. Look, a pastor is not just a person who is there giving us sermons every Sunday. He's a prophet. He's a prophet. Do you understand what I'm saying? He hears from God. We don't just wake up and come. We pray. I was in my car before I came to this service. I was praying. Yeah, I was praying. I was praying for God to use me. Some of you think it's automatic. It's not automatic. And it will your microphone. My friends. <laughs> okay, come. and asking God to use you. Yeah. yeah. When I'm preaching, God is also speaking to me. So I'm speaking to him, but I'm also listening to him and say what he's telling me to say. He will reveal his secrets. Hallelujah. I say he will reveal his secrets. My goodness. I say he will reveal his secrets. In fact, I've remembered that story. One time I was preaching in Voy in a conference and, and, and I was, after preaching, I was laying hands on people and just praying for them. There, there was this lady who came 
and stood before me. When I laid my hands on her, the Spirit of God spoke to me and told me, tell her to bring her husband. So I thought the husband was in the, in the service, but the husband was not in the service. So I told her, I cannot pray for you because God has not allowed me to pray for you. God wants you to bring your husband because your problem is your husband, is not you. She said, it's true. In fact, I was here because of her. I was, I, I was here because of him. <laughs> this, this, this altar call was not for me. It was for him. So I asked him. I asked her. <laughs> I asked her, so why, why, why are you here? He said, my husband has backslidden. He was in church serving God. Even now we are having a conference in this church. He is not here. I told her, go and look for him and bring him. She left the conference. She went looking for the husband. She couldn't find the husband. She brought the husband the following day. I told the husband, you must get saved. Prayed for him, he got saved. That was the beginning of joy in their family. If, if I was not... If I, was, if I was not sensitive to the spirit of God, I could have just say, bless you, bless you, bless you. May God's favor be upon you. She could have left there frustrated because I did not attack the problem. The problem was not her. The problem was her husband. The husband was serving in church, committed. Then he started backsliding, not going to church. So she was coming forward so that God may intervene and bring the husband back. You see, when you have tested salvation in marriage, when one person backslides, it becomes very difficult. When you are praying, they are drinking. Can you imagine? It can be a very difficult life. When you bring a house manager, she becomes a second wife. So the Lord will do nothing but reveal. Somebody say, reveal. reveal. Say it again, reveal. reveal. Say it again, reveal. reveal. It's only that I cannot tell you many things, but there are people who have come to me with a problem. But I tell them this is where the problem is. We are not even praying. This is where the problem is. If you sort out this, you'll be fine. Not everything is sorted by prayer. Some things are sorted by counsel. But believers want prayer for everything. Sometimes all you need is counsel. No prayer, counsel. Oh, pastor, I'm struggling financially. Things are tight. You're not a tighter. Pastor, so you just pray for the anointing for prayer. No. Start tithing. End of counseling. The whole day you're in the pastor's office. Whole day. And you're a robber. Now you're even robbing his time. I'm preaching better than your responses. The Lord will do nothing but reveal his secrets to his prophets. And they will tell you this is where the problem is. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, for those who have come for me for counsel, you can, you can tell my counseling sessions are very short. Because I listen to you. I say, mm. Hosea chapter 12. 
Hosea chapter 12. I'm going to read this quickly. Verse 10 and verse 13. Are you getting blessed tonight? I have also spoken by the prophets. This is God speaking. I have also spoken by the prophets and have multiplied visions. I have given symbols through the witness of the prophets that God can even send signals to genuine prophets about people or about situations. Signals. Somebody say signals. Signals. Somebody say again signals. There are people I have even sensed their hearts have moved from the church and they are still there. And I know it's just a matter of time. And within few, few weeks, they are gone. Signals. Hmm? But there's another one who left, who had a friend who left. So I said, let me try and save this one because I knew the heart has also moved. And I called. They refused to pick my call. And I knew I was late. But God had already sent a signal. Here, the Bible says that God said, look, we see things. Huh? Some of you think pastors, you know, are not educated. You know, pastors failed in life. That's why they are serving God. Look, we are sharp in the spirit. Sharp. Hmm? I can look at you, the way you behave, the way you carry yourself, and I can tell where your life is headed. Yeah, I can tell. I can, I can just look at you. I can tell. I can come to your house, living room, and look around. And I can tell so many things about you. So, before you invite me, think twice. <laughs> Can we feel the scripture? We are going somewhere. Are you getting blessed, somebody? By a prophet. Look at that. We are still in Hosea chapter 12. By a prophet, verse 13. I've just skipped a few verses here. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was preserved. You can see that the prophet was so much involved, very much involved in the deliverance, in the deliverance and preservation of the Israelites. Who is this prophet? Moses. Before Moses went there, they were wallowing in hopelessness and pain. Then when Moses went there, in fact, I read the story of Moses and I was really blessed. The first thing he did when he went to Egypt, he gathered the elders. And he told them, God has sent me. And they asked him so many questions about this God he's talking about. Because they didn't understand him. Before he went to the people. By a prophet, Israel was delivered from Egypt. And by a prophet, Israel was preserved. The prophet plays two major roles in your life, your deliverance and your sustenance. Yeah. You come broken, you're delivered. You come hopeless, you're delivered. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Lucy, come. 
I like using your example. Come, come. This is Lucy, my great daughter. When she came to this church, she was a very broken lady. Very broken. She was not dressing smartly like the way she's dressing. Right? How many remember how she used to dress? Very sad. Very dull. Huh? Isn't it true? I, I can't remember those first, first few days as smiling. She was not smiling. Then she sat under the teachings of a prophet. Then the teachings began to work in her life. Change her life. All of a sudden, her smile came. Huh? Then she started serving the Lord. Look at her now. She was not like this. Ametosha ama hajatosha. May God remember her. May God bless her with a beautiful, handsome man who will rock her world in the name of Jesus. Receive it in Jesus' name. By a prophet. By a prophet. By a prophet. I'm telling you. Yeah. Pastor Zef, come. How many remember when Pastor Zef came? He was wearing oversized suits with an oversized tie. And look at his body. Then he sat under the teachings of a prophet. And look at him now. Now he's even a pastor. Isn't that a blessing? Ish. And soon he's getting married as well. By a prophet. Israel was delivered. I'm telling by a prophet. Yeah, Pastor Ransom, come. Most of you don't know him, but he was really frustrated. Very frustrated. Working somewhere, not being paid. For how many years? Three years. Tough life. Difficult life. Then he came. Hmm? Without a father. Now you have one. Look at his life now. He's now a pastor. He married recently. And watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. By a prophet. Yes. And I prophesied over him. In fact, there's a prayer I made over him that went viral. You remember? He had preached and I prayed over him very passionately. Another bishop from Zimbabwe sent me that clip. Another pastor from Ghana sent me that clip. Another pastor from South Africa sent me that clip. He said, who is this you are praying for? Even Churchill shared that clip. By a prophet. By a prophet. I prophesy over your life. May you be delivered from all your shackles, from all your bondages, from all your pain. Shout aloud, yeah!
Sit down. By a prophet. Israel was delivered. And by a prophet. He was preserved. Oh yes. Because it's one thing to come out. And it's another thing to stay free. They needed to stay free. Because you can come out. But you still have the old mentality. Of slavery. So by a prophet they came out. And by a prophet. They were preserved. I prophesy over your life tonight that what you came out of, it will never have its power over your life anymore. What you defeated, you can never become a victim anymore. What you broke out of your life, it can never come back to you anymore. I declare you are free. I declare you are delivered. I declare that your freedom is permanent in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout aloud, yeah. Somebody give God praise in this house. Sit down. We read the last scripture and then we pray. By a prophet. First Samuel, chapter 9. I'm enjoying this message. Tell your neighbor, I love my prophet. Because my prophet is my prophet. Please, my people from Mount Kenya, can you make the difference? My prophet is my prophet. We accept and move on. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 9 verse 3. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalishah. But they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim and they were not there. Are you with me? Because I want us to read together. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites but they did not find them. Three places that he thought the donkeys were likely to be found. He went to those three places and they were not there. Ish. Verse 5. And they came to the land of Zuf. Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return. This is a futile exercise. We have looked at the possible areas where the donkeys are supposed to be, but it's like they are lost. Let's, let's go back home. Lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. So we don't want to give him double worry. And the servant said to him, look, now, the ridges. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. There is in this city of Nairobi. I wish I had a witness in this house. There is a man of God. A 
he is an honorable man. And all that he says. <laughs> surely comes to pass. If you're not excited with this word, I don't know what will excite you. I'm very excited. Then he said, look, he said, this man, anything he says comes to pass. I want you to know anything I tell you comes to pass. I am not blowing hot air. I am under inspiration and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If I say you will have a car, you will have it. If I say you will get married, you will get married. If I say you will build your own house and live in it, you will have it in the name of Jesus. Who am I talking to in this house? I prophesy the blessings of Abraham. May they come to pass in your life. The louder you amen, the faster they come in the name of Jesus. Sit down. Let's finish the scripture. Then he said, let us go there. Perhaps. Perhaps. Depending with your English teacher. He can show us the way that we should go. He says, look, we have tried our own ways. We have employed our own strategy. But our strategy has failed. Let's look for a man of God. Let's look for a prophet. Perhaps he will tell us the way that we should go. Because this man, whatever he says, comes to pass. Wow. Verse 7. I love this servant. I feel like kissing this servant. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those are the kind of servants you should have around you. Those are the kinds of friends you should have around you who are sensitive, who understand how God works. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, if we go to this man, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? Paul, Saul was trying to say that you cannot go to see a man of God empty hand the way some of you do. It is fraud. You want services without payment. It is fraud. Hey. The church has become quiet. You go, you get help, you wipe your mouth as if nothing has happened. Saul says, we must carry a gift. Hallelujah. Mm. If you don't feel it, just say, mm. <laughs> Somebody say, mm, eh? <laughs> Can we continue reading? My goodness. I only have five minutes. Oh, no. Okay, let's rush. And the servant answered Saul again and said, Look, I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Verse 9. It was a custom in Israel. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke like that. Come, let us go to the seer. For he 
who is now called a prophet, was formerly called a seer because he had the ability to see. Then Saul said to his servant, well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, is the seer here? And they answered them and said, yes, there he is just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to the city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him because he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes. <clears throat> you invite a man of God for your party and he comes finding you eating already. Tell your neighbor, bad manners. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> For the people will not eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. Hey. Afterward, those who are invited will do what? Will you are eating before the man of God came. Who blessed the sacrifice? Who blessed the sacrifice? Have you seen the way we have watered down the office of the prophet over our lives? No wonder we're not seeing some results. That's why I really love when I see people say, Pastor, I will not enter the car until it's dedicated. I'll not enter the house until it's dedicated. We will not sleep in this house until you come and pray for it. It's a principle here. Why are you in a hurry? Wait for the blessing. The blessing is more powerful than even what you have. So they went up to the city. I have two minutes. So they were coming into the city. There was Samuel coming out towards them on his way up to the high place. Now the Lord had... <laughs> when Saul was looking for the donkeys, God was having a conversation with his servant Samuel. So that tells me the prophet doesn't need to be in your location. He doesn't need to be in your house. He just needs to align himself with God. And God will reveal your secrets. This is very powerful. Can you read it again? So when Samuel, no, 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 no. Now the Lord, verse 15, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. Samuel, come here. Saul is coming. He's looking for his donkeys. But I want you to know, I've anointed him. Everything, even before he met Saul. And then God causes his donkeys to get so The donkeys of his father to get lost. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came be today, saying tomorrow about this time. He had even spoken to him a day before. 
Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, please tell me where is the seer's house. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go, and I will tell you all that is in your in your heart. But, because I know you have a problem. The problem you have is you are looking for your father's donkeys. I want to offer solutions for you. But, as far as your donkeys... And, 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 and I feel like climbing here. And Saul did not tell Samuel that he was looking for the donkeys. How did Samuel know that the guy is looking for the donkeys? It's because even before the donkeys got lost, God had already spoken to Samuel about the donkeys. How did I get here? <laughs> he even tells him, but as for you, the donkey, you are donkeys that were lost three days ago. He's even giving him the timeline. Do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. God revealed everything about Saul to Samuel as a prophet. And it's from that point that Samuel gives Saul direction concerning his life. He thought he was looking for donkeys, but he had an appointment with destiny. And he took a prophet to unlock that destiny that this man was not even aware about. And from that point, he became the king of Israel. May everything that is not known to you be unlocked in the name of Jesus. May all mysteries about your life, about your destiny, about your ministry, be unlocked in the name of Jesus. You will not walk like a blind man. You will not operate like a blind woman. May the prophetic action upon my life break open the seal of mysteries concerning your life, concerning your future, and concerning your destiny. Somebody open your mouth and begin to speak in tongues for a minute. In the name of Jesus. We don't have time, but let's just speak in tongues for one minute right now. I unlock every destiny. I unlock every destiny. May you find your donkeys right now in the name of Jesus. May you discover your purpose. May you discover your, your calling right now in the name of Jesus. May you know why you are here. May you find your destiny. Anything that is hidden. Anything that is locked. Anything that is hidden. Anything that is locked. I unlock it right now. Over your life in the name of Jesus. May you, may you, may you, may you, may you find your destiny. My God. Ribanda la bakata, shatala la bakanda, 
Reprokendele debe Ibakala Sebranda Rabakata daba Makadala labase Reprokandala laba Reprokatala lama May your gifts be unlocked May your callings be unlocked May your potential be unlocked May what is hidden be visible Right now in the name of Jesus My God, my God, my God My God, my God, my God my God, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. May you be preserved. May you be delivered. May you be preserved. May you be delivered. May you be preserved. May your house be preserved. May your home be preserved. May your family be preserved. May your destiny be preserved. My God, prekata, shabrokatama, yenalamakea, ribande. I unlock your destiny. I unlock your destiny. I unlock your destiny right now in the name of Jesus. I unlock your destiny. I unlock your future. I unlock your next level. I unlock your next dimension right now in the name of Jesus I break open the seal of secrets and mysteries over your life right now in the name of Jesus I unlock it I unlock it I unlock it I unlock it in the name of Jesus may you shine may you rise may you grow may you prosper may you do well in the name of Jesus may you rise May you prosper. May you do well. In the name of Jesus. May you be preserved. 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 In the name of Jesus. My God, my God, my God. Shebande bakatalanaba Ramande la bakata Ibandalalama Ye bandelelebe Ye ndalalalalalabashe Let callings be activated Let giftings be activated Let potential be activated In the name of Jesus My God my God I prophesy goodness I prophesy mercies I prophesy longevity. I prophesy long life. I prophesy fruitfulness. I prophesy increase. I prophesy multiplication. I prophesy enlargement. I prophesy growth and increase. I prophesy goodness and mercies over your life tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy. I prophesy, I prophesy, I prophesy, I prophesy healing, I prophesy joy, I prophesy peace, I prophesy goodness and mercies to follow you all the days of your life. May you enjoy favor, may you enjoy goodness, may you enjoy mercies, may you enjoy greatness over your life in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord.
Father, as a prophet over this house, I activate goodness over the lives of your people. I activate joy and peace over the lives of your people. I activate prophetic proclamations that have been made over their lives to do with their progress, to do with their fruitfulness, to do with their elevation, to do with their promotion, to do with their longevity. I activate every prophetic proclamation over their lives right now in the name of Jesus. May it come to pass. May it come to pass. May it come to pass. What has been spoken over their destiny, over their children, over their finances, over their marriage, over their health, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy elevation. I prophesy increase. I prophesy promotion. I prophesy godly marriages. I prophesy fruitfulness. I prophesy the fruit of the womb. I prophesy financial increase. I prophesy health. I prophesy joy. I prophesy peace. I prophesy unity. I prophesy progress over their lives in the name of Jesus. I prophesy increase, 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 enlargement. I prophesy houses. I prophesy lands. I prophesy cars. I prophesy good, beautiful houses in their lives in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that they will fulfill their calling. They'll fulfill their purpose. They'll fulfill their destiny. I prophesy long life. Nobody, no man, no woman, no child under the sound of my voice will die before their time. They will fulfill their time. They will fulfill the number of their years. Here on earth in the name of Jesus. May it be so. May it be so. May it be so. According to your word. We thank you Father. And we bless your name. We decree done. And it cannot be otherwise. To the glory and honor of your name. And we all shout a big amen. Let's bless the name of Jesus in this house. Let's bless the name of Jesus in this house. I believe we can do better than that. Let's bless him for the fulfillment of prophecy. Of prophecy. Of prophecy. I prophesy good marriages. I prophesy prosperity. I prophesy good health. I prophesy longevity. I prophesy you will cross 70 with ease. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy that your children will do well. I prophesy you will see your great, great grandchildren. In the name of Jesus. I prophesy that you will buy your own house very soon. You will build your own house very soon. I prophesy you will buy a car if you don't have one. I prophesy you buy land very soon in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that God will grant the desires of your heart. May they become a reality. May they become a reality. May they become a reality over your life tonight. In Jesus' name, we shout a big amen. Can we give him another round of applause in this house?
Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.